0: it's the next level we live in an era when our cities are armed with steel and concrete computers and electronics barricade our minds it doesn't change the fact that there exist a lot of strange phenomena bizarre beyond reason or logic most folks just don't see them that's because we cling to order to any tiny happiness that comes our way, and we bust our humps to blind ourselves with our desires and our pleasures. There's a world of darkness out there, beyond time or space, a world filled with evil that is undeniably real. And in that world, there are things that run wild. Do you ever fantasize? being killed. Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. gas, I'm all out of The following movie contains material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your Viewer discretion is advised. Cell phones. You know, I love technology, I'm not going to lie, I know I... Uh, a lot of the times, you guys will hear me shit on technology, like, fucking technological world, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, I'd be lying if I didn't say that, you know, or if I said I didn't love my computer. I mean, I'm, I'm lying. Like, I, I do like my computers. I like my my PS4, my Xbox. I I like my... my uh, I call it a glorified MP3 player, because I don't use a phone for what a phone is supposed to be used for, which actually... I guess in some ways I'm not much different from, you know, the regular population of the world because nobody really uses their phones for what their phones are meant for. I mean, the whole idea of the telephone was to talk into this, like, you know, mouthpiece thing and someone on the other end hears you talking. And we never use our phones for that, we use it for everything else. But including as much as watching Shutter or Netflix on our cell phones. Um, and it's, I don't know, this is supposed to be the information era, and it's amazing how many people don't know how to Google something when they don't know what something is. But then I guess that could be kind of good, because then we're communicating with each other when we ask somebody, like, oh, hey, what does... I don't know the word orange mean which if you don't know what the word orange means there's something wrong with you but that's besides the point um i mean then maybe you should google the word stupid um (laughs) but i don't know like i when i'm out in public you know it's kind of difficult for me because like i'm the kind of person like like, like I said, like my my phone, so to speak, is a glorified MP3 player. I use it for listening to music, or you know, my favorite podcasts or whatnot. Um, I'm not one for texting. As a matter of fact, I'm starting to go blind, and I'm not lying about that. Like my eyesight is actually starting to go bad, so it's hard for me to text. And I also don't have the patience to you know, you know, type on this like little like four inch screen to like you know say hey yo how's it going like. I don't know. I'm I'm the wrong person in the wrong era that I should be in the right era because growing up as a kid, like, this is what we always wanted. We wanted this technological world, except we didn't want it like this. And people, like, are, you know, th- their phones are pretty much attached to their hands. Like, I've noticed even, like, you go, like, into a grocery store, and, you know, the cart has, like, a handle that's for two hands to push the cart and yet there's always just one hand on the cart because the other hand is on their phone and people are usually looking down. And then they bump into you and then they look at you like you're in the wrong when actually it was them not paying attention to where they were walking. And this happens even on the street. You know, you're walking down the street. And you're, you're looking up and they're not. And supposedly if they bump into you, that's your fault because, well, you were looking up. You should have seen me coming. Well, yeah, sometimes I try to avoid people and I still get hit because people don't walk straight when they're not looking up they're walking wherever their feet take them and they end up they still run into me anyways even when I'm in the middle of the fucking road and a bus is about to hit me so (laughs) the whole thing is is that like I think technology is a great thing I think there's a lot of really cool things that can come from technology we can have a lot of fun with it the problem is is the human element always ruins everything we I I said it a couple of weeks ago. We are destructive by nature. We're destructive to ourselves because we can't have good things. Because when we have good things, we make them bad. And we make other people hate them, like myself. Like, I can't stand cell phones. And honestly, I mean, like, I remember, geez, going back, uh, I'd say about maybe 10 years ago. I know I was late to the party. Everybody had cell phones well, well before I did because... With me I never saw like the point of them but then I remember finding out that hey I could go on like you know like I could text message someone I could facebook someone and it was kind of cool but at the same time like I didn't do it when it would be a danger to myself or to someone else I always did like when I was sitting on a bus you know or like stuff like that and it was cool because like hey here's this little gadget in my hand and I can talk to someone in Australia like that's mind-blowing that's awesome right you'd think that would be a great thing except then when people started texting and driving or texting while shopping or texting while their best friend is standing next to them and they're too busy looking at their phone instead of looking at the person who's sitting right next to them because well the person sitting right next to me is just not interesting enough apparently or maybe they are interesting and I've got to tell this other person how interesting they are instead of just focusing on the person sitting next to me you see where I'm going with this. The thing is, is that technology is great. Humans with technology suck, um, <laughs> which kind of brings me to this week's episode. This week's episode of What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. Um, I don't. Know, I didn't even do the echo this week. Oh my god, I'm so horrible. But um, see, and I could go back and I could use technology to put the echo on that, but I'm not going to this week, just because. I want to show that I can do something in raw form, even though I'm still using technology. It just isn't making sense. Uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> this week's episode, kind of talking about two movies, but they're the same property, just it's one is animated and one is live action. One is done very well. One, well, we'll see what I have to say when I get to it. Um, but technology is a big part of ghost in the shell and that's what this week's episode of what lurks behind podcast zero is all about ghost in the shell ghost in the shell is the story i wish was our world sort of i mean obviously like you know i I wouldn't want someone shooting at me (laughs) um There's the violent aspect of Ghost in the Shell, obviously, that, you know, myself personally, as much as I love violence on TV and all that, I like the comfort of my home where I'm not having to dodge bullets, but... And dodging bullets is something I'll be talking about as well. Uh, But, um... Ghost in the Shell is cyberpunk, it's future, it's... Or futuristic, I should say. Um, It's what... In 1995 we thought technology would look like and in certain ways we are there we are able to communicate with others while being you know in different parts of the world and stuff like that i mean we see that in in this this property this this world of you know of the ghost in the shell the, the fact that they can i i really don't want to talk a whole lot about it but because it'll be part of the segments but the whole idea that they can talk to each other without actually having to use their mouths we're kind of there but like i said in our world it's very annoying (laughs) it's it's done in a a a very human way which is very annoying where in ghosts in the shell like they can basically think their thoughts to each other and it's pretty fucking awesome um but more on that when I talk about the movies. But the thing is, is that with Ghost in the Shell, I remember seeing the the anime. I'm actually, I believe it was 96 when I saw it, even though it came out in 95. Um, I believe it was 96 I saw it. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, man, that would be fucking cool. Like, have cybernetic parts, be able to communicate with each other and stuff like that. And you know, like, I, I think sometimes, like, because I had that vision in my head, like, I kind of, I, I, it was, I guess you'd say it was a hope I had for the world. And then, you know, I, I walk the world today, and I, I, I go to my jobs, and I go out in the public, and I see, you know, people looking down, bumping into each other, looking stupid. And, you know, as, the, as they say, the zombie apocalypse is upon us, which pretty much, yeah, I don't disagree with that. But, I might add, by the way, just just saying, um, I know the cool thing these days is to, you know, hate on people that love things and whatnot. Um, Just a quick side note, uh, Game of Thrones has come back. It's really awesome. It, to me, is what The Walking Dead should have been, leading up to the greatest zombie versus living battle of all time. But anyways, that's a side note, and I'm done with that, Um, but it's For me, it's cool to like Game of Thrones, and I don't care if people shame me for it. Whatever, shut up. Um, Getting back to Ghost in the Shell. My whole thing is, is that I'm going to be talking here about two movies, and as much as there's a lot I can critique about the property of Ghost in the Shell, it's a lot easier to critique the real world we're living in. So basically leading into this, this episode may not be what you think it's going to be. This will not turn out the way you think it will. No. But, um... I have both good and bad things to say about both films. So, as much as, like, you know, a lot of people probably went into this episode thinking, well, he's going to rave about the anime and he's going to shit on the live-action. That may not be what you get with this. Um, (laughs) so... But, yeah, um, Ghost in the Shell. Um, so, we'll do this the right way, starting off by saying welcome back to the next level production of What, what works, works Behind, behind Podcast Zero. Zero. There you go. There's your echo effect. Um, and this is episode Ghost in the Shell. I'm not even gonna give it a number this week. You guys know what number it is. You know, I realized I do that a lot. I'm always like, "It's episode 53." It's episode 198. I haven't gotten that far for either numbers yet, but you guys know what episode number it is. Just, it's Ghost in the Shell week, and yeah. So, let's drop some trailers. Um, actually, no, I'm gonna do this. So this week, because there's two movies, I'm gonna do it like this: the trailer for the first film, and I talk a bit. And I'm going to do the trailer for the second film and then talk a it and then give my closing thoughts on the whole thing. I think that's the best way to do it. I'd ask you if you thought it was the best way it should do it. But you know what? You really can't answer me. <sighs> Sometimes I do these podcast things and it's kind of funny because like I know I'm talking to an audience, but it's like an audience that can't talk back. I used you know it, it's kind of interesting I'm going to kind of before we get into the trailers just a, a a quick note you know I used to think when I st- when I started this podcast I kept thinking I needed a co-host I still kind of wouldn't mind a co-host but at the same time I've kind of realized that like especially with like I mean Shudder giving us the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs but I've really been like going back and paying attention to old horror hosts I used to grow up with, like, you know, Count Scary, The Ghoul, Elvira, Joe Bobbergs, and I've realized that, you know, a lot of them, when when they were on television, it was just them, and they talked about movies, and we all listened, and I realized that, like, audience doesn't always have to talk back. You know, sometimes it's okay to just put something out there, and Then let you guys like squeal and squeamish over it, but no, I don't know. It's horror hosting could be a fun thing, you know. It's something that I wish I was better with visuals. I'm really good with audio. I'm not good with visuals. I've gotten uh, fuck uh, my editing skills for audio are actually pretty good, but when it comes to video, yeah, I'm I'm not so good. I would if I was ever gonna make a movie, I would need like someone to you know i'd need someone else behind the camera i'd be like the guy that just i i I'd, I'd be sitting there like okay i want it to look like this now go do it <laughs> i guess that's what a director is right anyways trailer number 1 and then we'll be right back in the near future corporate networks reach out to the stars and electrons and light flow throughout the universe The advance of computerization, however, has not yet wiped out nations and ethnic groups. your memories about your wife and your daughter are false and are more like a dream. You've been taken advantage of by someone and we're trying to do a ghost hack on some government officials. Oh god it can't be. I've been to your apartment. No one. A bachelor room. I told you I rented that room when we were separated. You've been living in that room for over ten years now. My codename is Project 2501. And I am a life form that was born in a sea of information. Ghost in the Shell, released theatrically worldwide, fall 1995. So the trailer for Ghost in the Shell, you know, originally, um, I should tell you guys all this, I was going to troll all of you fuckers, <laughs> with, um, I, I, because keep in mind, it's a Japanese anime, right? And the original trailer actually is in Japanese. Which, there's a lot more dialogue and whatnot, but for the majority of you who listen to this podcast, which could be all of you, there's, what, three of you? Maybe two and a half at this point? Uh, (laughs) But, um, I don't think you guys know Japanese. Now, I could be wrong, you know, someone could be very fluent in Japanese and be telling me to fuck off right now in Japanese, but, you know, the thing was, was I, I was, as much as I thought, you know, hey, I could use the Japanese trailer and really troll everyone. It was like, eh. Nah, I'll be nice this week. <laughs> Me? Nice? Never. No. Um, But, yeah. So, the Ghost in the Shell trailer is what it is. I know it seemed like it was a lot of music and whatnot. And it seems like it goes on forever and there's not much talking, but it was either that or take a clip of, you know, a lot of dialogue. Because the English speaking movie has a lot of dialogue. It's just the... The trailer itself didn't but the visuals I mean like they're you know they I don't even know if they had the full cast the voice acting cast in place when they released the trailer I don't know um but I'm talking a lot about a trailer and not the fucking movie so (laughs) let's just move on the the movie Ghost in the Shell based on a, a manga um it's okay the release date so i was saying you know i was pretty sure it was 96 i saw it well north america got it 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 was released in north america in 96 so it was 96 97 ish is when i saw this it was before the matrix came out um because this movie heavily inspired the matrix but um So, in the, they get the US date, whatever, Uh, March 29th, 1996. However, the original release date in Tokyo, Japan was September 23rd, 1995. That's why everyone knows it as the, like, the Ghost in the Shell from 1995, because that's technically when it was released, even though here in North America, we got it in 1996. Uh, the film is directed... By, oh, I should... <laughs> so, I'm going to preface this part. You guys who have been listening to this podcast long enough, you know that I suck with foreign pronunciations. So, I was laughing when I was you know, doing the research this week, thinking to myself, here I am, a guy who struggles a lot with names, and I struggle a lot with different languages, and I'm doing an episode based on a property from Japan. Japanese, as much as it's a beautiful language and I wish I understood it, I... no. (laughs) No. Not good. So, I'm prefacing this now with this will be the most North American Japanese episode you've ever heard in your life in that I will probably butcher almost every single name that I pronunciate if it is not a North American sounding name or like European, even which, even that, like it, European, I mean, I would have to be talking UK because if I started trying to say Italian names, I probably fucked that up too. So, directed by Mamoru Oshii, based on the manga by Shiro Masamune. Wow, and I think I, I think I actually said that right too. Um although in, in if you watch the movie uh the names are reversed that that's one thing about Japan that because I know that to read their writing is different than North American we read left to right and I know that it's different for Japan I I really should have researched that part a little bit more but I know that when they say their names, like, I believe they say their their surname first and then their first name last. I think that's how it is. I don't know. I'm probably sounding like a complete moron at this moment. But anyways, in the film, in the credits for the film, he's credited as Masamune Shiro as opposed to it being Shiro Masamune. So, I don't know. I, wow! Wow! Aren't you guys glad you tune into this show every week? It's like, wow, I get to listen to a bibbling idiot. Um, The screenplay was by Kazunori... No, son of a bitch. Kazunori Ito. And uh, let's just move on to the cast. Which, okay, so uh, because I'm doing the North American uh, presentation of the Ghost in the Shell anime, the names will be the North American names that took on the, the roles of the characters. So, um, <laughs> I'm sparing myself a little bit of embarrassment here. Uh, the character of Bateau was uh, voiced by Richard Epcar. Is a famous uh, voice, actor na- uh, voice acting name. Um, as a matter of fact, it was probably... Well, there was a few names here I, I recognized, but Richard Epcar, I think, was the one that I recognized the most. Uh, major Motoko Kuzanagi was voiced by Mimi Woods, and I believe, if I'm correct, Mimi Woods voiced the Major for almost every North American version. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was. It, it, it's very similar. I know that, except um, obviously there was the Ghost in the Shell: Arise uh, that that series of uh, animations that came out. It, what 20? I want to say it was like 2013. Those came out 2011 or 2013, something like that. And she she didn't voice uh, the major for that. They they got a different uh, voice actor, which it's not bad. I I. I I I put this out there now, like, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, both first season and second gig, are probably two of my all-time favorite animated series of anything. Um, Probably second only to Batman the Animated Series, or anything that came out of that, um, that, uh, like that Bruce Timm era of DC animation, because pretty much, like, Batman the Animated Series, Justice League, um... Titans like that 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 whole era of DC animation was like probably some of the best shit we've ever seen best storytelling best animation best ideas like everything um but Ghost in the Shell is probably I'd have to say like standalone complex I mean uh probably my second all-time favorite animated series so moving on to uh more voice actors chief Aramaki was voiced by William Knight um the Puppet Master who is basically our antagonist of Ghost in the Shell the anime and keep in mind by the way when I'm talking about Ghost in the Shell I'm strictly focusing on just the 95 anime I know I kind of threw about standalone complex in there but I'm not gonna be talking so much about those um I just want to focus on the 95 anime. So the, the antagonist in that was the Puppet Master, and he was voiced by Ty- Tom... Wow! Tom Weiner. Um, wow, even though he was credited as Abe Um You know, it... it I know, it, I I always seem to go off on these weird tangents, but it's kind of... I have this thing, I don't know, it's probably something I should see a doctor about, but I'm not going to, because I don't like doctors, but I find sometimes, like, when I'm, like, when I'm talking, I get tongue-tied very easily, and I leave it in the episodes, because I think it's kind of funny, because, you know, <laughs> I don't mind making an idiot of myself on this show, but it's it kind of sucks, because, like, I'm I can read the words and everything, and Anyways, moving on. Uh, the character of Togusa was voiced by Christopher Joyce. And Ishikawa was voiced by Michael Sorich, which I believe he he did Ishikawa through almost everything up to Ghost in the Shell Arise. Uh, nakamura. Na, 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 nakamura. Wow. God, I suck at fucking names. Uh, voiced by Simon Prescott. See how easily that flowed off my tongue, but, like, try to say a foreign name. I'm, like, one of those people, like, seriously, I would, like, you know, go traveling, get off the plane, and I'd probably get myself shot or killed because I would probably insult someone, like, unintentionally, of course, but because I don't know how to pronounce names and pronounce words, and I sound like a fucking moron, but, okay. um, That's pretty much... All you really need to know uh, in terms of uh, the voice actors, um, because a lot of okay, a lot of the other characters are like bad guy in getaway car or old man, um, you know, uh, a truck driver. Like <laughs> it's like like okay, like Steve Bloom, who is a, a very famous voice actor, was in this film, but he's listed as additional voices. So. Why you know what I'm saying like it it would be kind of pointless to mention well Steve bloom i obviously i'm gonna mention great voice um Star Wars Rebels, another great animated series, and he was a big part of that so um I'm just quickly looking here to see if there's any names I should mention, but I mean these a lot of these are like big voice acting names, but uh Doug Stone. Uh, who is uh, garbage collector B like <laughs> it's like, OK, um, thanks for giving them names. So, yeah, like basically you get um, I, I, I gave you the cast members of basically everyone in Section 9 um, and the Puppet Master, obviously. So uh, moving on to synopsis. I know. God, it's not this week's episode sounds so choppy. I should make it flow more, but whatever. Um, See, this is where it would be kind of good to have a co-host, someone to fill in the gaps. Gaps. Because gaps, in life, there's always gaps. And you try to fill those gaps. But, you know, that's the other thing, though. Because I never follow rules, and I don't like, you know, the whole idea of, like, life being laid out in front of us and told, like, this is how to do it. You know? Because... Ghost in the Shell really kind of changes everything as well. But um, so what if there's gaps? You know what? So what if I'm not smart? Oh, well. I mean, who's the fool? The fool or the fool who follows, right? And everybody's listening to this. Everybody. I I say everybody. I'm probably down to two listeners now. Um, Synopsis for Ghost in the Shell. Let's move on. Moving on. It is the year 2029, um, which in some some versions it's 2027, but in this film I believe believe it was the year 2029, actually it's Ghost in the Shell Arise, I think it's 2027, because technically Ghost in the Shell Arise was supposed to be a prequel leading up to the events that would take place in the 95 anime, if I'm correct, which it could be wrong, but anyways... It is the year 2029, technology has advanced so far that cyborgs are commonplace. In addition, human brains can connect to the internet directly. Major Matoko Kusanagi is an officer in Section 9, an elite, secretive police division that deals with special operations, including counterterrorism and cybercrime. She is currently on the trail of the puppet master, a cyber criminal who hacks into the brains of cyborgs in order to obtain information and commit other crimes. So I don't have to talk about the rest of the movie because that's basically it. No, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> but uh that that's actually honestly that's probably one of the best synopsis synopses, I guess I would say pluralized, um that I've ever read for any movie. So um because yeah that's more or less that's it I mean I obviously I'd further more on this film in terms of the whole idea of reality and existence uh there's a a, a, I don't want to say the movie does like you know focuses on that like a lot but it is a key component to to the whole story like I mean, basically, the, the the title of the of the film itself, "Ghost in the Shell," the shell being the body, the ghost being the soul, um, and this, this that's I think that's one of the things that really attracts me to Ghost in the Shell is the idea of what is actual existence, what is what is a soul, and there there there's a real key scene. Uh, I believe it's right after uh, Matoko has gone. Um, she's like floating in the water and Bateau is on the boat and then she comes out of the water and they have like this discussion about, you know, a cyborg that likes to swim. <laughs> and there's this really good speech that uh, the major does where she's basically talking about like her own existence and, how as even though she's a cyborg how she like questions you know what it is to have a ghost what it is to have a soul and the whole the whole idea of existence it's a really good speech if i was you know better with memory i'd probably be able to quote it but i can't um and it's interesting okay so the the the, the key thing about that scene i think that has always stood out is that the animation is very very basic um we get to see Matoko's face. her eyes never blink. This was actually intentional in in a lot of anime because anime is very detailed and which is something I'll get to in in a couple seconds but because especially with this movie, oh my god, but um <laughs> anime especially American animation does it sometimes, but I've noticed in the doesn't always happen. With Japanese anime, you will notice a lot of times that their characters blink. It's something that they they focus a lot of detail on. In this movie, she specifically does not blink. Um like and so when she's doing this speech in the film, you're staring at Matoko's face for I'd say it's about like a good 2-3 minutes. What is amazing about it is, is it looks like just a still image on a screen, and you're listening to a voice actor talk. But because of how intricately, like, spoken the whole speech is, you're so you're so engulfed in listening to what she's actually talking about that you don't even realize you are staring at one cell, basically one animation cell, for three minutes. Um, which getting to ghost in the shell and the whole idea of of Japanese anime th- this film when it came out I, and keep in mind those of us who have watched anime for a long time we know like anime has always been a detailed form of animation in Japan they are very detailed they you don't get like fucking like this new i don't even know what the fuck they call it but like the whole like um what's that show there uh, um Fuck. God, you know, I wish I followed the new generation of animation, but, like, just that really shitty animation, whatever it is. Like, okay, like Thundercats Roar. How people have complained about, like, how it looks, like, very stupid and dumbed down and whatnot. Granted, I haven't watched Thundercats Roar. (laughs) I you know what when it when it came out and everybody was like knocking on it because like you know oh my god that's not what thundercats is and whatnot i just put it in my own head that it didn't appeal to me so i wasn't gonna watch it it was meant for preschoolers but that that whole idea of like the animation how it looks very dumbed down and like very like like simplistic and whatnot but it's simplistic in a way that it's not appealing um with Ghost in the Shell, you have the exact opposite of the spectrum, where everything is so detailed and so perfect. Like, I mean, like there are there are scenes in the, in this movie where like they show like billboard signs and whatnot, and I mean, it, it's like every line is completely detailed. There's a scene where like it's like a a jet is flying overhead of the city, and it looks almost lifelike because it's so well like detailed and just. The animation for Ghost in the Shell was, I don't want to say it was ahead of its time. I don't want to say, like, I'm trying to think of how I would word it specifically, but it seemed like it was ahead of its time, even though, I mean, it basically was. Akira is another example. I mean, and this is what I had talked about when I did that episode way back when, for those of you who did hear it, Um, Ghost in the Shell was like just the the continuation of Akira. Akira gave us like this like wonderfully beautiful animated movie and then Ghost in the Shell came along and basically took the torch and kept going with it. Also there are elements of like CGI animation in Ghost in the Shell but done in a way that it didn't look campy or crappy. So the, the animation style for Ghost in a Shell really stands out, and it, it's been one of the things that has been talked about time and time and time again, um, so much as to the point where it has inspired so many different cyberpunk films that came after, uh, specifically The Matrix. The Matrix really is a standout of um, a, a film inspired by Ghost in a Shell. I mean, everything from like the plugs in the back of the neck um, the idea of the coding, the idea of um, like dodging bullets and shit like that, which I said earlier about the the dodging bullets thing. Matrix when when The Matrix came out, I mean, people talked about bullet time, how it was like one of the first films of its kind to show like this bullet go zipping by and Neo dodging the bullets. And you know there's the scene at the very beginning of the film when Trinity like does like that jump kick. Where it's like she jumps up and then the camera spins around and then we see her finish off the kick and whatnot. And the the Wachowskis, when they when they made The Matrix, Ghost in the Shell was a big basis for where they got a lot of their ideas from. Um so much as that's why that Carrie Ann Moss, that's they tried to kind of take the character of Trinity and make her look like uh major uh, like the major kusanagi i've always found that to be kind of like there is a resemblance i guess you would say but i i didn't find that they looked identical or anything like that um but i mean yeah you can definitely see i always found that more the visuals uh was very um ghost in the shell like it's the Matrix, especially like the cityscapes and whatnot, gave us like the look of what um, Ghost in the Shell would look like in real life. You know what I mean? Um, Ghost in the Shell did, uh, just uh, just to pinpoint on the animation one more time, uh, it did win a Best Animation Film Award um, at the first, uh, I believe they called it the first Animation Kobe. Um, and that was in 1996. But uh, uh, what to talk about this movie is this is one of those movies where like it's like I'd love to talk in full depth about it. But at the same time, for those who have not seen this movie, I don't want to spoil everything. I know it, spoilers like, you know, what, 20, 30 years later. But it's one of those things where it's like this is one of those movies that I would definitely encourage people to watch you have to see this even if you don't like animation give it a chance but understand that one one as much as I love this movie there is one thing that always annoys me about it and it, it's something I kind of hinted on earlier is like the, the one cell animation where it seems like it's like one cell for like a good three minutes this movie sometimes does that not often, but there are times where it seems like it's focusing too long on one character. Um, There's a scene where I believe it's uh, Aramaki and I want to say it's the prime minister. I believe it is in there's in this one scene where they're like in an elevator and it's like, there's this whole speech going on this whole conversation and it's just the same cell of the two of them going down in the elevator. And it seems like it goes on for a good two, three minutes don't get me wrong. Like I said, like the, the detail put into the animation of this film is like frickin' amazing, but I've always kind of felt that, um, uh, like we're, I think it's the whole, it's what i and i don't mean to sound offensive when i say this but i think it's the whole add thing that we all have like where we need things to keep moving um especially with cinema today everything is very fast moving in in films and so when when a movie comes along and it takes its time to it's it more wants you to focus on the dialogue than the visuals which is a a good thing and a bad thing, especially for those of us, like, not so much myself, but I do know a lot of people that are like, okay, like, either something needs to move faster or I'm going to lose interest. This is where this film can be hit or miss with audiences. Um, more times than not, you're going to find that people will love this. I mean, the movie has an eight, 8.0 or 8 out of 10 on IMDb. It, it It's a loved film. It's it's one of the... the uh, highest regarded animated movies there is but i know that also through talking with people and whatnot and and i mean like sometimes i feel like i'm almost in the minority liking this because there are a lot of people that i talk to that don't like ghost in the shell or say it's too complex which is another thing about ghost in the shell more so this version of it than the 2017 version which i will talk about in a few moments but That's one thing about Japanese anime that I've always appreciated and loved is the fact that you do have to pay attention and it is complex and you do have to think about it. It's not dumbed down. It's not... This is not one of those movies that, like... I mean, obviously, if you've seen it, uh, you know, a great many times, which I have, I can say it's one of those, you know, sit back and chill and shut my brain off movies because I already know what I need to know about the movie anyways. But that first time you're watching it, it it's there's a lot going on there's a lot there's a lot being put into this film that the audience needs to process it's not one of those like you know summer blockbuster kind of movies which might be where the live action film didn't get it uh, more on that in a few moments obviously i i want to sum this up by because i've been kind of all over the place and talking i my notes were whew, they were jumbled because it, it was like the whole time I was like doing my research and watching this. I, I this is a movie I've watched many many times. It's yeah, you know, I probably could have got away with recording this without watching it, but I had to give myself a reason to watch it. So, um, and what with <laughs> everything that has been going on in my life the past couple weeks, you know, sometimes it's just good to say, you know what, I'm going to watch a movie and just zone out for a while. But, um. All in all, I'll sum this up by saying, like, Ghost in the Shell is a beautifully animated film with a lot to say, a lot to process, and it is probably, I don't want to say it is the ultimate best Japanese anime there is. In my opinion, it is, but, I mean, that's, opinions are subjective, right? And, um, I mean, yes, you tune into this podcast to hear my opinion, but that doesn't mean my opinion is right. Uh but it's right for me, so fuck off. No, um, <laughs> where do I stand on this right now? Um, easily, uh, it's it's for me. It's a nine point five out of ten, only because I say like there are as much as I love it. There's still things I could critique about it. Um, the live action film, okay, well that's where there's going to be more comparisons brought up, which. It really isn't fair to compare the two, but there are certain things that need to be said. So, we'll move on to trailer number two. Uh, there's a little bit more talking, for those of you who like talking in your trailers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll we'll move on to the live-action version. Uh, obviously, there was controversy. There was it's one of those movies where a lot of people ask the question, should this really have been made? And don't get me wrong. there There's an audience out there that enjoys it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's good, right? I mean, there's those of us who like the movie, let's say, like Spookies, <laughs> um, you know, and or God forbid Halloween 3, because, like, it's so cool to hate on a movie that had a great fucking premise. But anyways, I'm talking too much trailer time number two and then when we come back more g-i-t-s get get Git get. get some all right i'll shut up this is major i'm on site going in you are the first of your kind but you're not invulnerable maybe next time you can design me better everyone around me they feel Connected to something. Connected to something I'm not. But are you? You were dying. We saved you. And now you save others. I don't know who to trust. You trust me, right? I know I have a past. I'll find out who I was. a lie. Who are you? They did not save your life. They stole it. Is it me? Or do you guys find like now whenever we hear like you know, Scarlett Johansson's voice in, like, anything, we automatically think of Marvel movies. I almost, like, I I get worried that, like... I shouldn't say I get worried, but you almost wonder if, like, you know, a lot of these, like... I'm, I'm talking about this because Endgame is coming up, and, you know, the end of, what is it, 22 films over a span of 10 to 11 years is finally coming to a conclusion, and... I think about actors like Adam West, for example, who, like, was immortally Batman, and it troubled a lot of his acting career years later. Don't get me wrong, I don't think Scarlett Johansson's going to have that kind of an issue, but you do sort of wonder, like, some of these actors, like, like you know, Robert Downey Jr., I guess it was good that he was an established actor before taking on the character of Tony Stark, which was basically Robert Downey Jr. just in a golden red suit, but... um. I don't know. It just because I don't know when I when I when I watch the trailers and I it, like even watching this movie. It's like, I, it, yeah, it, it's she's portraying Matoko Kusanagi or not. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird with this movie, but um I don't know. Like, I just I I keep thinking Black Widow when I when I watch this, but. Um, Whatever. Uh, so Ghost in the Shell 2017. As a matter of fact, it its release date was kind of interesting because I, I said, you know, for the animated film, it came out in 96, uh, March 29th in, you know, North America and the Ghost in the Shell movie in 2017, which was what I want to say... 21 years later i had to actually do the math on that wow um but like 21 years later almost to the date because it came out march 31st 2017 so two days later and 21 years later and anyways yeah um (laughs) wow that was kind of funny i actually had to do math on my own podcast because i didn't write it down sooner um So, uh, directed by uh, Rupert Sanders, um, which I know I, I, there's a lot of this where I'm going to be saying like, well, it's my own opinion, but um, I don't, visually this movie is beautiful. Um, You know what, let me just go through, I'm going to go through, you know, director and cast and all that sort of stuff, and then I'll get back to my thoughts, because I have I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. Um, so the major was played by Scarlett Johansson. We already know that. Um, I know I'm kind of jumping over things here because honestly, um, I already talked about like a lot of plot and and stuff like that. Oh, you know what? No, <laughs> that's the sound of a rewinding tape because it's not a rewinding tape. But anyways, um, I forgot to mention when I was doing. I talk about Ghost in the Shell and I had it written down so I'm I'm an idiot for completely overlooking it Uh, music was by Kenji Kawai uh, for the animated film and obviously the uh, the most famous theme of all that came from Ghost in the Shell is the whole making of a cyborg uh, theme which was used in both uh, the live-action and the anime there's a lot of mimicking and stuff like that going on. But, yeah, I wanted to actually go back and, and mention the music for the animated film because it, the, the the Ghost in the Shell theme, especially, like, making of a cyborg or whatever, you know, it is very um, iconic. And there's a lot of people that, like, even, like... There's been times I've been listening to it around, like, people who have never seen Ghost in the Shell, but they'll be like, oh, I know that music because it is, it's very... Um, very iconic so okay i think we can jump back now to 2017 um in 2019 but anyways so yes scarlett johansson scarjo whatever you want to call her uh black widow she plays uh the major um more on that in a bit because (laughs) you know i i give her kudos for some of her acting choices but um yeah okay um And here I go with names I can't say anymore. Uh, Pilou, Aspec. I know I really just butchered his fucking name, but he played Bateau. Takeshi Kitano, or Beat Takeshi. Uh, You know Takeshi Beat Kitano, whatever, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I I believe he goes by the name of Beat Takeshi Kitano. Uh, He played Aramaki. Um, so much as that, well, I'll mention that in a minute, hold on, um, Dr. Roulette was played by Juliette Binoche, um, okay, so Kuze was portrayed by Michael Pitt, Togusa, um, was played by Chin Han, and if you it's funny because i believe he's one of the few actors well not few there's just been quite a few but um who's been in both dc and marvel movies um so and you know because we always focus on the big names right like ryan reynolds and and ryan reynolds <laughs> no i'm kidding but um uh dolph lundgren's another one who's been in both marvel and uh why I went to Dolph Lundgren next, I don't know, but um, I always like the Ryan Reynolds joke because, like, everyone focuses on the fact that, you know, he was a horrible Green Lantern and he's a great Deadpool. Um, and then there's always that one guy that comes along and it's like, well, I thought he was a horrible Deadpool but a great Green Lantern, and you're like, huh? <laughs> but actually, no, his Green Lantern was not bad. He wasn't the problem. It was the script. We all know it was the fucking script. But anyways, uh, moving on. The character of Ladria was played by Danusia Sam- Samal. And her character, I'm going to just throw this out there now, um, completely made up for the live-action movie. She is not in any of the previous iterations of Ghost in the Shell. She was completely created for the live-action movie, which I'm not going to lie, when I watched the live-action movie for the first time, I actually felt really stupid because <laughs> I'm sitting there going, who the fuck is she in the anime? And I'm sitting here going through all of them. I'm going through Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex, Second Gig, uh, Innocence, Arise, and I'm sitting there going, where the fuck did this character come from? No, she, and, and like to the point where like I really felt like I was like a poor like Ghost in the Shell fan because I'm like, how do I not remember this character? No, she was creative for the movie only. Um, was not in any of the iterations whatsoever that came before it. So I was like, "Okay, thank God," because I really, for a moment there, had this like scary moment where I thought I was a complete idiot. Um, Ishikawa was played by Lazarus Ratuer. Uh, wow, I really should stop while I'm ahead. Um, Saito was played by Utaka. Is he, oh wow, let's just call him Utaka because I really don't want to butcher this poor guy's name. Like, <laughs> alright, um, moving, uh, uh, well, I should mention, um, oh, what the fuck is his name? I didn't write it down either and I should've, um, Top Dollar from The Crow is in this movie. Uh, he has a small cameo. Why can I not remember the fucking guy's name for the life of me. Oh, I'm horrible. I know Tricky... Oh, Michael Wincott, that's his name. And uh, Tricky was in this movie as well. Uh, So was those of you who are fans of the TV show Arrow. Uh, Ryla uh, Fukushima, she was... uh, She played Katana, I believe, on Arrow. Um, She was in this as the geisha robot, which was kind of funny because we really don't see her at all. I think they used like her voice and that was it. Um, and that was, uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny because she was uh, one of the like primary credited names. Like when you're watching the opening credits and you see her name come up and you're like, Oh, Hey, you know, that that's, that's good. And then you find out that she's technically not even in the movie. She's the, the robot geisha, and they just used her voice, and not to mention she's only in the movie for what maybe two minutes, so why was she one of the major credited actors? Well, there's theories on that that you know it was used because of the whole whitewashing controversy that came with this film that I'm kind of just jumping all over the place. Let me get back to. Because the music, (laughs) I forgot the music the first time, I'm not forgetting it this time, was done by Lauren Balfe and Clint Manziel. And Clint Manziel, uh, for those of you who are familiar with the band Pop Will Eat Itself, yes, he was one of the creators of that band. And he's done a lot of soundtrack music, much like Trent Reznor has and, you know, Danny Elfman and whatnot. These guys, they make like huge names in music and then they go on to become these great composers and do awesome soundtracks and whatnot. Yes, uh, Clint Mansell is another one of them. Which, honestly, the soundtrack to Ghost in the Shell is not very standout. Um, there's, a, aside from their recreation of Making of a Cyborg, music is there it could be considered forgettable but at the same time not uh it's very cyberpunky. it's very futuristic sounding I'll, I'll give it that it does complement the film well but at the same time it's not memorable so it's kind of one of those soundtracks that does what it's supposed to do but you're not going to walk away from it like humming it. It's not one of those soundtracks where you're going to be like, oh, I remember when this music plays during this scene. Like, no, uh, I have the soundtrack and to listen to it, I'm still kind of like looking at titles like what scene was this from? Um, so it, it's one of those soundtracks. It's great while the movie's playing, but when you listen to it after, it's it really doesn't stand out a whole lot. Um I I could sit here and read the the plot to you um or the synopsis. I I wasn't going to because technically it's, you know, just a recreation of the anime, but however they kind of changed some shit in this fucking movie. So the synopsis basically is in the near future, Major Mira Killian, yeah, you heard that right, Major Mira Killian Is the first of her kind, a human saved from a terrible crash, who is a cyber enhanced basically cyber enhanced cyborg to be the perfect soldier devoted to stopping the world's most dangerous criminals. This movie was supposed to stand, I guess, as a prequel and a recreation of The Ghost in the Shell. Anime that was created by Shiro Masamune. Um, oh, hold on one sec. Who did? Yeah, the screenplay was done by Jamie Moss, William Wheeler, and Aaron Krueger. Yeah, this Krueger did some cutting up. No, um, bad joke, bad joke. I know. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's based uh even at that they didn't even base it off the anime they 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 claim that it was based on the comic or the manga um but yet one thing that this movie is, and okay so here I'm actually going to say some nice things about this movie because it's not a complete failure there are some scenes that are literally recreations right out of the anime uh for example like the i mentioned earlier about the flame the the flame the plane flying overhead and it's really cool because in the anime it looks kind of real life in this they did a very good job of recreating it to the point where like it now you're almost questioning am I watching the anime like it's done very well the visuals for this film are not a downfall um as a matter of fact if you watched it in the theater in 3D or in IMAX oh my god it was gorgeous it is a beautiful cyberpunk film the problem with ghost in the shell is that ghost in the shell the live action film feels like it's okay so ghost in the shell inspired like you know a whole bunch of cyberpunk this feels like it's like being inspired by all that cyberpunk. Like it feels like it was inspired by AI and the Matrix and uh altered carbon and like like all these properties eh, altered carbon's kind of a shitty example because it came out after. But um but you get what I'm saying? Like it feels like Blade Runner inspired this. Like it and yet well Blade Runner technically came out before um Ghost in the Shell, even the anime. But which, by the way, the manga—I never did mention this. Let me, let me, let me jump way back to 1989, is when Ghost in the Shell was given birth. There we go, because I, I had that written down too, and I forgot to mention that. And, uh, this is a really bad episode. No, um, it's very complex. I guess. Yes, I see. I'm, I'm. Oh, wow, look at that. I'm, I'm using the movies I'm talking about to inspire my podcast this week in making it very complex yes that was a bullshit excuse of saying i am jumping all over the fucking place <sighs> okay breathe in breathe out breathe it no um the movie was filmed in new Zealand, by the way um which is kind of interesting because the matrix was filmed in australia and had a very similar look and feel um okay so anyways Basically, the, as I was saying, with Ghost in the Shell, the problem with this movie was that it felt like it was inspired by properties that it inspired originally itself, such as like, well, uh, um, you know, uh, do uh, what is it? Um, oh my God, why can't I talk today? Ex Machina, um, The Matrix, obviously, I, I say The Matrix a lot, and it's almost unfair because the matrix was its own thing as well especially when it went off and did its own animatrix and then you know the two spin-off movies which were very inferior to the the original film and even the uh, the animatrix is fucking amazing but again, the Animatrix was inspired by Ghost in the Shell. And then you have this movie that feels like it was inspired by Animatrix, which is like, wait, what? <laughs> um, I do love the fact that in, in this movie, one thing that I did love was that Bateau's character was very partial to the dogs uh, just because I'm a dog person. So that that part was kind of cool. And uh, as much as it was a basset hound, it reminded me of Wally the Beagle, um, so that, that part was kind of cool. Um, but the whole okay, so the whole idea of Matoko's backstory this is where again, like much like I said earlier, like with Lidria's character and I'm sitting there going, okay where uh, did, did I miss something? Okay, so it was the same with matoko's backstory i'm sitting here going did i miss something uh who is mira killian and why do we keep calling like she there's a couple times in the film where she refers to herself as mira or people refer to her as mira and i was like okay we are really like coming out of left field with this um i guess the whole idea was was that they felt they needed to flesh out the movie to make it an hour and 47 minutes as opposed to the original anime that was an hour and 23 minutes. So, I I, I don't know. Um, the problem... Do I go down this road? Yes, I will go down this road. I, I wrote it down, so I might as well go down this road. Um, the whole controversy between Scarlett Johansson being... Motoko Kusanagi slash Mira Killian. Um, so the whole thing was was you know Hollywood wanted to get this like famous face to put on their Ghost in the Shell product to get people to go sit in the seats because as I said with the anime, it's very complex. It's a it, I almost want to go as far as to say it's a thinking man's movie where they wanted this to be a Hollywood blockbuster. Big mistake. Shouldn't have done that. But anyways. Um, so we put Scarlett Johansson as the major, who has a really funny walk. Yeah, that that's something else that it, 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 her acting choices as the major. I'm like, okay, the whole point of Ghost in the Shell was the fact that some of the cyborgs you couldn't tell were cyborgs. You you didn't know they had a ghost in their shell kind of idea. Um, and with this, she specifically walks like she's like this like hunching robot, and it's like. But I thought the point. Uh, uh, of being the major was to not be known as a a cyborg but i don't know her walk her her walk was kind of interesting definitely not uh you know not very sexy but hey uh, whatever um okay so um but there was a whole controversy controversy about the whole whitewashing with ghost in the shell so and I mentioned about, uh, like, Ryla Fukushima, uh, how she's in the film, and, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, hey, look, like, like," and it's been highly criticized and made fun of, the fact of when they have, like, the dinner table with the geishas and whatnot, and then there's all the, 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 the different... Um, I guess CEOs and like big name, like it's like your Bill Gates kind of people and whatnot. And they're all different colors and different ethnicities and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh, see, look, we didn't whitewash our movie. We have all these great nationalities. Yes. But the problem was, was that the original ghost in the shell was a Japanese film. It was insinuated or at least assumed by audiences that the major was Japanese. You go get a white woman who is clearly, like, you know, like, North American, like, well-famous, you know, she's the Black Widow, like, what the fuck, and you put her in in the role of Major Matoko, and then you turn around, and you call her Mira Killian, and it's like, okay, okay, fine, I get it, I get it, we're going to go down this road, you're going to change this aspect of the character. That's fine. Only to find out at the end of the film that she is actually Matoko Kusanagi. She was originally a Japanese woman. It's like, whoa! You shot yourself in the foot with that one. Um, and again, like this is uh, what I'm mentioning here is nothing that hasn't been said before. I agree with a lot of what's been put out there by you know different reviewers and podcasters and whatnot. This movie, as much as I'm one of the few that will turn around and say that it's very interesting and very fun to watch, at the same time I, I I'm not gonna lie. It, like there are things that stand out where I'm going, ooh, that was horrible. Um, and there's like I, one of the things that I picked out like right in the very beginning of the movie when they do the scene where like you know she falls backwards and then she crashes through the window, which is like basically right out of you know the anime, which is great, and it's right out of the the, 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 the comics or the manga or whatever you want to call it. it. Sure, it's beautiful, it's great, but then she goes and does the running up along the wall while she's shooting that scene, which was out of The Matrix. So you have a movie or a, a property in Ghost in the Shell that inspired The Matrix, and now The Matrix is inspi- inspiring this movie, which, again, that's where when you're watching it you're like okay this is beautiful it's a great film and everything but shouldn't this be the the film that makes me say oh i remember when matrix borrowed from that and instead i feel like i'm watching a movie going wow they borrowed from the matrix which or and i know like I, like i said i've i've pounded it basically into this episode about how the matrix and the ghost in the shell are a lot a lot hand in hand but they really are um even in terms of like the sound and like the music that's used and whatnot. Like, but this should have been the movie that made me think the other ones borrowed from this, is what I'm saying. And it doesn't feel that way. Um, I mean, all in all, do I, do I hate this movie? No, I own it. I, I bought the Blu ray, it's up there with the collection. Um, But it's definitely not nine point five out of ten quality here. Uh, There, there is a lot to cringe about. the The villain himself is very forgetful, uh, or like forgettable, I should say. I, like, which is a shame because you, you can tell that the actor put a lot into the role. You can tell that you know they tried to do something really good with this, but. It, it it falls flat. It's it's not it's not as impactful, um, and it really it, it doesn't focus so much on the whole idea of existence and reality versus you know AI and all that sort of thing. Like it, it, the movie becomes very messy at times because you you really you wonder what what they're trying to prove aside from the fact of the origin of Matoko Kusanagi. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to put this movie down completely because there, there was. You can tell, especially based on the actors, there was intent to make this a good movie. Unfortunately, Hollywood should just stay the fuck away from anime, because they can't do it. But then again, the Japanese can't either. <clears throat> Attack on Titan. I rest my case. Um, but although I do love Blood the Last Vampire as much as, you know, people will say, well, it was, it was not that really that good and it wasn't as good as the anime. Okay, nothing's... That's the thing with anime to live live action adaptations. The, nothing will ever be as good as the animes. The animes are great. If they ever do Wicked City... Well, I think they have done Wicked City into live action and it failed. Um, probably why I never saw it. Uh, Attack on Titan was horrible. Speed Racer? Okay. So, Speed Racer is one of those movies where it's kind of like, yeah, not that good, but I do love it. Um, and I would probably say the same about Ghosts in the Shell. It's not that good, but I do love it. That said, the most I'm probably going to give this movie is like a 7 out of 10, maybe 6.5. I believe on IMDb it stands at 6.4 out of 10. Which is about right. I mean, there's a lot of people that do enjoy this movie. It is not a horrible movie by any means. But it's not the anime. It's not standalone complex. It's not even Ghost in the Shell Arise, which Arise has had quite a bit of criticisms about it as well, but it's not this. So, I know this has been a very... uh, I'm going to call this my glitchy episode because I've kind of been all over the place. I had my notes all in order and I just half the time I wasn't even looking at them. I was just talking because both movies I've watched enough so that I can talk about them without having to actually read notes. But yeah, so it, it, get it, let, let's just end this um, by saying that yes, the original is a 9.5 out of 10. This one is a 7 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, all things considered, live action adaptations of anime are usually not as good as the original anime. I hope Leo DiCaprio is ready for some criticism because he thinks he's producing Akira. Have fun with that. You, he, there are going to be critics and there's going to be people that are going to slaughter the fuck out of that film because Akira is an anime favorite by many, including myself. My hand is raised up in the air on that one. but. Um, I wish him the best of luck on that, but uh, Rupert Sanders found out pretty fast. Uh, anime fans are very unforgiving when you try to fuck with their their properties. Do it right or don't do it at all. Um, hopefully, Leo DiCaprio's got that mentality going for Akira. Do it right or don't do it at all. Um, that said, that's, that's pretty much the end of this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. my glitchy episode that was kind of all over the place. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't mind being all over the place when I do these things, kind of keeps people on their toes, keeps people listening and whatnot. And I did say the podcast is going to be kind of changing a little bit. A lot of these episodes, um, I'm just doing for fun and just like to talk. If you've ever been in a conversation with me, this is pretty much my conversation. (laughs) So, um, as said, thank you for tuning in um, the podcast. You you all do know you can you can live stream it uh, through iTunes, Google, or Spotify, as well as you can uh, find it directly at the uh, the home site for it, which is the next slash podcast zero. Uh, on the social medias, you can find us or find us me and my multiple jumpy glitchy personalities uh facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero twitter wlb podcast underscore zero uh I think uh email what lurks behind podcast zero at gmail.com thank you for tuning in this week and next week or no I'm just fucking Um, Next episode will be um, uh, a movie that... This is going to be fun for me because I've never seen this movie. Uh, It was a listener request uh, for the movie Deep Dark. And I have never seen the film. So I'm looking forward to doing this episode. Uh, But yeah, that's about it. I've talked a lot here. Uh, This has been a bit of a longer episode. Doing two movies in one episode sometimes can... stretch things out a bit so i do need to shut up and move along but thank you for tuning in and uh yeah i i want to say i'm gonna aim for weekly so hopefully the next episode will be next week but i don't want to make any promises uh still kind of i hate life no i shouldn't say that i love life but i i just i hate my life (laughs) Things are so fucking confusing this year. 2019, man. Like I, I you guys that know me, you know, like I don't. I, me, every day is just another day, and I, I'm not big on like you know, like New Year's. Everyone goes out and gets drunk, and I got a New Year's resolution. I'm going to quit smoking this year. It's like, okay, shut up, whatever. Um, you can quit smoking whenever you want. Why do you need a year to symbolize it? But um, yeah, if anything, uh, the last several months have been. Confusing as fuck I've been a mess pretty much uh, resembles my podcast but um, hopefully next week will be another episode until then though everybody don't think too hard on your existence let movies like Ghost of Michelle do that and make sure to feed the dogs that's one that's one scene that i absolutely loved in the 2017 live action version was that they were feeding you know stray dogs and the dogs were so cute and they were loving and stuff that was it was a beautiful scene uh, that right there may, gave this movie like a whole extra point just because like the toe kept feeding the dogs and i was like oh, anyways that's that i'm out uh, everybody have yourself a great week keep lurking everyone Last time God lost faith in man, he sent a flood. This time, we sent angels. Two, five, zero, zero. Two, five, zero, zero. I have a war machine. War machine. War machine. we